0: Listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host Jess Compton. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey, friends, on this week's episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast, we have my dear friend Bianca. She is a wild woman. She's a leader. She's incredible. She's crazy wise. And in this episode, she's very honest and very vulnerable about what's great and what's hard in this season of balancing multiple callings. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have fun. Hi, Jess. It's good to be here. What a crazy gift today in the studio, you know, studio is taking <laughs> it a little too far. We have my good friend and wild woman on mission, Bianca.
1: Hi, Jess.
0: Um, how are you? How, like legit, how are you? We've been talking for a minute, but how are you feeling?
1: I'm actually excited because this is the first time, like it's weird because I feel like I know you like at a deeper level, but we've only met in real life twice. This, this is, is really our third time. time.
0: And What was the first time?
1: Um, I want to say it was at if gathering
0: the second time, get- the,
1: the, the second time was the most recent one. Yeah. The one that
0: you're going to want to tell that story.
1: And I, I wasn't, you brought it up sister. <laughs> I was going to go to my grave, but if you're willing to go there, um, okay. So for people that don't know, this was this great moment where Jess and I had met in passing and you know, we see each other online. But this was like our first real, like, let's sit down and hang out. And we were at a conference in Austin, Texas, and I was so excited because we said, hey, let's meet up for lunch and, you know, let's just catch up. And I was starting, I think we were starting the conversation about starting a church. And so I wanted to pick your brain because you guys were a couple of years in. And we were having such a great conversation, and I'm paying for lunch because it's,
0: I'm, it's worth noting we weren't just at like a random restaurant. We were at the restaurant um, of where everyone who was like attending, were speaking at the conference, was like eating lunch. And, it was the same, and it was like so an though.
1: open space, like yeah. foyer, and yeah. so it was. It was like it, it wasn't just at a table.
0: No, it was like an open space know, common ground, like I, all you know. I, Anyone who's published a Christian book in the last six years was in that room. In
1: probably. addition to publishers, publishers who are looking for new people to Our publish, actual bosses. Yes, and 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 you'd gotten up to grab something, yes. but then. What no one saw coming was that your foot actually caught a purse strap. Yeah. And it wasn't a stumble. No. It was a full on, you yeah. landed on all fours. Physically on caught, Then on your bum. Yeah. <laughs> in the
0: middle of the And I office. didn't
1: want to laugh, but it was so funny. And then you were laughing. I couldn't stop
0: laughing. And then, you had uh,
1: to laugh. But then I felt bad because other people were watching. And then you didn't bounce up. You just stayed there. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Um. Here's the thing that I loved about that moment. It was like there's no pretenses after that. No. It's like I've seen you on your bum. In fact, I've texted you randomly yes. when I find myself laughing yeah. because I remember seeing you suspended in midair, landing yeah. on your knees, then your hands, and then laughing on your bum. Yeah. And, and so every time I'm feeling like unusually mean, I will text you because I, I find it funny.
0: Which oh, let's. Pause about the texting because I would say we have a sweet gift of a relationship. You may have this with a lot of people. I've got a handful of people, but I don't know that like that many people it means as much as it means with you, but then we get to text each other and say like, Hey, I'm proud of you. Keep going. Don't quit. This is hard. Yeah. But then, you know, randomly sometimes I'll see like three dots from Bianca pop up and it'll be like, remember when you fell on your face?
1: Wait, but what people don't understand is that like, if you really want to get to know someone and, and like, you 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 can't there's no pretense after that you can't try to act cool or like i've got my life together
0: i'm I'm actually genuinely glad i
1: have me too me too now i need to fall
0: i think that's
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i'm also the girl that will watch like catwalk fails on youtube and i love when like olympic like ice skaters fall i don't what's wrong with me jess i mean i don't know i just i love to i love a good laugh and so that reminds me of the moment you fell in Austin, Texas. So we can be forever friends now. I was gonna keep it a secret.
0: I'm glad, I'm glad. Like, you can tell <laughs> it to the world, that's fine. I am incredibly awkward. My, my body like doesn't know how to move at uh, most days. I'm not really sure what to do with my hands or my legs. So that's just par for the course. That wasn't like one fall ever. I mean, Anna's seen my legs, I, my knees look like I'm an eight year old girl. I just fall all day long. But if it
1: makes you feel any better from just like your online life, it does not feel clumsy. Wow. So kudos.
0: Thanks. I'm kudos. So glad. Yes. I'm so glad. Okay. Good. Okay. Listen. So we we've been talking. We we just decided like oh I guess we should probably record and not just sit here and talk for two hours. But I would really like to. <laughs> but we do have like some interesting overlapping things and also some wildly not overlapping things. Yeah. Things that you hold and carry and walk with that I could never relate to that I want to talk to you about. Church planting and book writing and traveling to teach. Yeah. These three things. Mm-hmm. Are not necessarily puzzle pieces that you would put
1: together. <laughs> Let's add prison because I have oh, a prison right. initiative as well. Yeah. Also, prison uh-huh. and like
0: leading a small business team uh-huh. is what we know is like mm-hmm. we write books and teach. You also have to
1: lead a small
0: team. Yeah. How is it all working together?
1: Okay, so I will say in this season, which is not fair. At least start. I'll start off with like where we are right now, but I will also include like a small caveat of where. It's not always been like this, but right now, the only way that I can explain it is everything's moving like really fast, but it doesn't feel like if this is a boat and I have oars, I'm not pulling. I've happened to catch like a, a, a stream, a swell, like an undercurrent. That's what it is. I've caught an undercurrent and it's just all moving. And so I feel like there's like this wind in my sails and we're going and it's great, but it hasn't always been like this. So I would say... In addition to this the crazy dynamics of life, I'm also a stepmom yeah. of two kids who are both teenagers now. And so it feels like I've been rowing up a wave yeah. for the last two years. And my husband and I decided that the Lord was opening up doors to plant a church. And I was reticent because I was a pastor's kid and loved ministry, loved the church, actively involved, underserved team, leading teams, did not want to be a pastor's wife, did not want to be a pastor, did not want to teach at the church like on like a weekly basis. And yet the Lord had thrusted Matt and I into this position what started with dinner parties at our house launched a church and so I think in that beginning swell to keep the metaphor going it has to stop at some point but I think that that beginning swell it was like we're doing this amazing and then it was all just row 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 the kids in custody battles row 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 stepping into prison initiative to resource inmates row 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 fundraising to launch a church row 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 And so it's just all been like growing. And now I feel like I'm in a season where I've caught a good stream and God's breathing on what we're doing right now.
0: Okay, I wanna ask an honest and potentially vulnerable question that we can cut should you not wanna answer it. With the way you just said that, when you talked about like, we're on the stream where it's going. Mm -hmm. What I wonder because of where I've been is are there people shaming you about how fast it's going and about how many things are
1: on your plate? You know what? Maybe I should have better like boundaries. Uh, Dr. Henry cloud, if you're listening to this, I'll read your book. I promise. But, um, yeah, you know, I get that. I get that a lot. They're like, I can't keep track with your life. You know, what about the kids? And I'm like, here's the thing about the lie of social media. It doesn't show the whole picture. Like it really doesn't. And yes, I have a lot on my plate, but my thighs are big for a reason like I could handle a lot okay right. and so I feel like in this season I have faced pushback I have faced criticism and it's criticism under the guise of Christianity like yes. can you keep this pace and I'm like yeah. bump you or I've had people say like I could never imagine doing your life and it's said with almost a sense of disdain but I'm like yeah. I mean what do I say oh actually I do have a phrase because we're in the south and I discovered that bless your heart doesn't really mean that someone's blessing your heart. Ew. They're saying, you sure is stupid. Bless yes. your heart. And so if that's a bless your heart moment. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say when people say that, but here's the underlying like truth. And this is me not rescuing the season or the moment. Just because people can't understand it doesn't mean that I need to change. hundred percent. And I just kind of feel like God has given me in this season. And we we had an offline conversation before this started. I don't think I can keep this pace forever. Right. I don't think that's wisdom. Right. But right now, hey, if I'm not exerting over energy, is it hard? Yes. But I'm a girl who hustles and it's fun. Right. The moment it becomes taxing, spiritually draining or not fun, I say no. And right now all the things, the prison initiative, step parenting, church planting, book writing, traveling, speaking, being creative, launching new projects, launching merch lines, like that's life giving right life-giving. now.
0: So So real real like immediate answer, does it sting when they say it? Or are you kinda like, no, I'm good?
1: You know, it actually, it depends on from who it's definitely- so, um, my sister-in-law who will not listen to this podcast. So let's just have real talk. My sister-in-law, she was at our house like probably three months ago and she was just going, what felt like nitpicking at our life. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe you guys travel so much. I can't believe the church takes so much of your time. I cannot believe you're writing a book. I can't believe our lives are very different. She has yeah. four kids. They're all in year round travel sports. And as much as she doesn't understand my life, I don't understand her life, but I know that she's called to it. So why can't we be people who celebrate what people are called to rather than try to dismantle something because they don't understand it? So that's stung because she's... Like family. Right.
0: She
1: knows. She knows. But anyone else, like people who make comments or like chirp online, I, doesn't really phase me. What phases me is when it's family. Because if you can be yes. this close to us and not see the fruit of what this season is producing and the fruit of what God is doing at the church, in our family, through the ministry, through books, through resources, through prison, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah. I ask that because uh, that, that is. I don't think I've ever talked about this in the podcast, but that is the number one thing we heard just for years and years and years. Like, can you sustain it? Should you be doing it? Can you do all these things? And I think, I think for me, the particular sting comes in in the pastor's wife piece because I'm like, right, because there's this like antiquated perception of what a pastor's wife should be (laughs) that I don't fit.
1: Wait, what do you mean you're not running children's ministry and playing the organ?
0: Well, unfortunately, (laughs) I am running children's (laughs) ministry, which is a little bit hilarious. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I think there was this perception of like, yeah, like that I was just going to sit at home or that I was just going to be ready at the ready. And I remember, I've never shared this on the podcast either. I had a gal who no longer goes to our church, but there was a close friend for me kind of pulled me aside during worship and said like, I have a word for you from God. And she said, you know, all these things that you want, this church that you want, you could have if you would give up these other things. And God wants you to know, like you could have the church you want if you gave up the books and if you gave up outside ministry. And I don't remember how I responded in the moment, but that is a sense that I've heard from people for a long time, like you could have this thing you want if you would just do X, Y, and Z. But it's so cultural, like we're, whatever we're in, that everybody thinks they know, number one, what you want, which I'm like, what do you, what do you think that you know that I want about church? <laughs> and number 2 everybody just has an idea of like how you'll get it and so it's it's just interesting hearing you say that like we're on this boat i wondered like i wonder if people have told her yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so you are a couple years ahead of us in church planning, but you know, church planning for some is like super easy and super blessed and super breathed on. And I think that sometimes the misnomer is you can't do two things at once, Mm. but that's like saying you can't parent two kids at once, like you can, and you could love them uniquely and individually. And I think the interesting thing is both you and I, we were writing and teaching and speaking before church planning, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So we came into this already with a unique call and gifting in and on our lives.
0: And I would say both of us before marriage,
1: before, yes,
0: before I'm, I yes. I'm was 15 when I met Nick and I knew before I met Nick that I was called to preach and teach and write
1: books. Well, I was definitely older than 15. <laughs> I was on the struggle bus. I, thanks to eHarmony, Matt and I met, I love but I was already writing and editing and teaching and preaching before I even knew who Matt Oltoff was. Yeah. So I think that that's something that we definitely uh, share. And then, like, so when people come up to me now, they're like, oh, are you traveling again? No, not again. I've always traveled. Yeah. I've always traveled. Church is like a cherry on top. Cherry, church is like my new infant. Yeah. I just added a baby to the mix. That's all. Yeah.
0: You know what else I tell people in this season of church planting that I wonder if this feels true for you, but I tell people you need to be glad I travel because I'm too much for you. Like, <laughs> you need to be glad that I get a little bit of this spiritual energy out in books and on the road, because if I just brought it all right here, I, it would be too much for you. Like, it would be like, I'm an Enneagram eight. I'm a prophet. Like I'm constantly thinking about how we could do better and be better and repent and like walk with God nearer. And if I brought all that into the space, it would not be life-giving for anybody. It is very nice. Okay.
1: So we are 10 months in yeah. to church planning. And I mean, I'm sure you guys, well, I don't know the beginning part of your church planning journey, but our church planning journey is Matt and I do not get paid. Yeah. And so I'm like, both Matt and I, I mean, unless the church, it grows exponentially, I'm not getting paid for a while. And then quite honestly, I'm thinking, you don't want me to be on staff. You, you don't want to be here because no. that means that that's like two or three people that we can't hire You're exactly for right. church. Yeah. In addition to this, like, I'll be honest with you, a lot of our fundraising and donor development as we were starting the church came from relationships with churches I've spoken at before. 100%. So i Hey, don't bite the hand that feeds you. You you won't be gone. (laughs) And the moment that I don't show up with my A game, the moment that I am late to church or bouncing out early, or I'm so tired, I can't do this, is the moment that you can call me out. But if I'm still the first one there and the last one to leave, and I'm still preaching my guts out, and people are still getting saved, this weekend we will cross
0: over 400 salvations. Oh my gosh. In a year, Jess. But you know what? Also Bianca, I want to stop you right there. And I want to say like, also the moment you are tired, and also the moment you miss it, and also the moment you are late, they still need to be on your team. Because that needs to happen. Yes. Like, you need to be able to get tired just because it's Tuesday.
1: Yes. You know
0: what I'm saying? That's yes. okay, too. And also, yes. like, if you have a month and nobody gets saved, they yes. still need to say, like, keep going because thank we're not you. in it for the fruit. We're yes. in it for the obedience. Yes. So, they should be on your team because you're called to do it. Thank you. Not because well, it's going you. great, but thank God that it's thank going you. great, too.
1: Okay. <laughs> but great isn't easy. And great isn't big. No. And um, that's one thing I want to talk about, like... Because I think a lot of people can see, like, oh, wow, look at Jess. Look at all the things that she's doing. Look at A, B, and C, fill in the blank. Yeah. But what they don't see is the sacrifice and cost. And yeah. not just sacrifice, oh, I'm leaving my family, but, like, the mental sacrifice. Yeah. And what, the ground that you have to pound to get that word that God wants you to deliver. Yeah. That is not easy. You said that you're a prophet. Do you understand? I, don't, I don't know if people fully understand
0: the implication of a prophet. Because that means people will not like you hundred percent. You speak the truth. And, and then before I like say it. something, I've like repented of it for a long time. <laughs> like, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you how. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Talk about getting the message out. I just told you, I have no idea. I love you. We text. I, I like pray for your church on the weekly. I don't know what Thank this you. book is about. I don't, this is fresh. This is real. (laughs) I know what it's called. I know about the tagline, but I want to know like, who is it written for? Yeah. What did it feel like to write it? How did it feel different from writing your other book? Mm. Okay.
1: So the book is entitled How to Have Your Life Not Suck. And it came out of literally 12 years ago, 25 years old, having this like pivot point in life of thinking, what am I doing with my life? everyone is getting engaged, everyone's getting married, everyone's having kids, and year by year my life has stayed the same. My mom was battling with two forms of cancer, one of them was brain cancer, and the one thing that I wanted was like the one thing that I feared, and that was a sense of community, which is like a huge thing for millennials. Mm -hmm. Like we want to be seen and we want to be known, but we don't want people to get too close because that's vulnerability, and vulnerability is scary. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted a mentor, I just didn't know what that looked like, and I didn't want to be accountable, which was really hard because you can't have a mentor and not be accountable and so I met these two women from the Bible Ruth and Naomi out of the book of Ruth and that was the first Bible study I'd ever taught was through the book of Ruth and that was that that was to me a pivot point of I'm supposed to teach the Bible that's what I'm called to do and 15 years later a book that I taught in in arrogance because I thought I knew what life was I, I don't even life was about uh, I now look back 10 12 13 years later and realize God had something so much more and so what I learned from those principles back when I taught the book I actually now living them out and so this book is broken up into three sections the first one is on relationships and dating the second is on faith and spirituality and the last is on adulting and growing up and the undercurrent. Is the book of Ruth, but people don't realize that. And that's what makes me excited is that you're gonna see how applicable the Bible is to our life today on topics that matter.
0: I am so excited. Thank you. I mean, I saw you just released some incredible merch. Thank which you. I, I entered the giveaway last night. Did you really? On Chelsea's entering. Nice. I was like, I'm trying to get that Ruth shirt. <laughs> so I saw that. I still, I thought, like, oh, I love that. It's about Ruth. I didn't, I didn't still even think it was about the book that makes me so excited yeah I love that yeah
1: and so Ruth and the reason why I highlighted this book so much is because we all have a sense of pain and loss we all Mm -hmm. have a sense of feeling stuck now this book is written for Women experiencing some sort of pivot point or transition where they feel stuck and life wow. sucks, and we we see that played out in the life of Ruth and Naomi. You lose everything. There is no hope for the future. Right. Your name, your legacy. Right. And what does Ruth do? She works. And I think so much of our generation Ugh. just wants to quit, suck Come our on. thumb, and hang around like Eeyore like oh my yeah. life is so sad. You know what Ruth did? Even in the midst of like loss and pain and lack of love, she went and she worked. Yeah. And I feel like that's a message that we need to communicate to the next wow. generation. Like the biggest thing. I'm actually. It this weekend at our church is there's this one phrase, there's this one sentence in chapter 2, verse 3, where Ruth just so happened to enter the field of Boaz, a cousin of Elimelech. And this phraseology in Hebrew just so happened. It speaks to an idiom that we use in, Amer- in American culture and English culture of saying nothing just happens. Mm. And it's this understanding that God has orchestrated everything. Even when life does not make sense, you are not done. If you are not dead, then you are not done. Come on. This is what my dad has ingrained in all five of his Hispanic children yeah. from day one. And I think. So he's an immigrant to this country, I'm a first generation American, and seeing Ruth as a believer step into a new country, a new culture, a new language, a new faith system, and seeing her thrive, and not just thrive, but be in the lineage, of King David on, yeah. and be in the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Yeah. Like God can take a pagan, outsider, illegal immigrant someone right. who didn't believe right. into the faith and be in the legacy and the lineage of Jesus, which is that the book ends with. Like, So I tell people like, hey, I understand not everyone's going to finish the book, but if you just read the last chapter, if there's one chapter that you read, just please read the last chapter because it is Ruth's legacy. Like, We do not understand that decisions we make today affect our tomorrow Right, and you're not just thinking about your life, you're thinking about the lives of those in your wake. Wow. And that, Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for the book to get out there. I'm hoping that God just breathes on it and it goes to places. The fun thing is that the book is resonated with non-Christians, which mm-hmm. was like my, my big hope. Mm-hmm. And what non-Christians are going to be exposed to is the life transforming power of the Bible. Right. And so my hope is, and no, people will realize is that you're, they're gonna be reading like three-fourths of the book of Ruth, or at wow. least an understanding of the book of Ruth in this book. So I'm excited. I love it, thank you.
0: So amazing. Thank you, friend. Man, and it's such, it's right. It's like, we can sit around and say like, I can't adult today, or we can say like, you know what, I think I might be positioned to change the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, my choice. And you know what I I love about this, and even with your book coming out, because they're about a month apart, is this idea of you are echoing, like you are the girl for the job. And what if that's the language that we start to say? Because what happens is that it removes any excuses. I am a first-generation American. I am a woman of color. I was illiterate. Can read, write or spell, at the age of 12. Mm-hmm. I was raised from the hood. Yeah. And I say this with the perspective of saying, no, I am the girl from the job. Yeah. we can't, And, and I, I, my fear is that there's so many excuses and, and caveats and reasons why we can't. Right. But no, like you can have your life not suck because you were the girl for the job yes we could do this we could just combine the books hey hey, you know what? let's do a two should actually (laughs) just definitely read (laughs) them (laughs) together but i but but here's the thing i say that because and not just because like you're uh, this is your show i have read the book you asked me to endorse the book i only endorse books that i believe in and i only endorse five books a year if that because i read the book and i'm like This is the book that I wish I would have had when I was 25. Mm. I wish someone would have told me, no, Bianca, you are the girl from the job. Mm. Yeah, you are floofy and overweight. Guess what? Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're a little bit shorter than the average. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're brown. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It literally doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, you're educated. You have your master's. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, you're single, traveled world. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know three languages. Mm. Doesn't matter. Mm. So if that is our Lenten filter walking in, I am the girl from the job.
0: Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. Man, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so pumped. Okay. You're on the cusp of launching. You're like a week out. I am a week yesterday, uh, August 27th. So a week yesterday. Wow. How, how do you feel? What's hard about this launch? What's hard about this season?
1: You know, I started this book before we even knew that a church was going to be started before the conversation of the father's house OC even starting this book. I started the process, Mm -hmm. and so um, it does take me a little bit longer to write because of like travel and life, so again, this was just a seed, it was a seed in my heart and a seed in my mind, and now it's like here, and Mm -hmm. it's exciting, so it feels like I'm about to give birth, like it's like any Mm -hmm. moment, this kid's gonna come out, and I'm hoping it's cute, and I'm hoping its head looks normal, and like I'm hoping the name is perfect, and so I think the hard part is hard part is not knowing if people are gonna love it as much as I do and I hope that they do but I'm okay if they don't like I just had to be faithful yeah I can't be responsible for results I can just be responsible for what God called me to do and so Mm -hmm. he's called me to write this and to be bold and to be brave and I think the hard part is like I know I I love writing I know I'm a good writer and this book is very very simple it's so practical it's so not like me Uh I love being florid. I love wordsmithing I love narrative Mm -hmm. this book is straight up here's a playbook for your life. Wow. And I don't believe that this book, you're going to read one book or here's five ways or three tips that your life's not going to suck. I don't believe in that. But I believe that this is going to provide language, theology, story to help us believe that our life doesn't have to suck. Yeah. And when we talk, we tackle some pretty big topics, death, sovereignty, Dating online stalking because single girls need to stalk whoever they're gonna go out with I love for it. sure. What a what a leg
0: up, <laughs> the right?
1: single women of the
0: world. I'm have not right even now.
1: kidding you. I mean, I mean what, what I'm realizing, realizing is that you know this like you have a launch team, so people are given the book in advance so that they could read it and talk about it and share it with their friends. So uh, what I'm realizing is that it's not just I wrote this book. Primary audience is for. People, women in life transitions, probably around twenties, thirties. But what I'm realizing is that people experiencing a failure to launch maybe like in their thirties or moms and grandmas in their forties and fifties who don't know how to resonate with their 20 year old daughters are reading this as like a primer, like, I know what you're talking about wow. now. Or I have language, or I have theology, or I have this to tell you, this is why you should not be dating a loser. This is mm-hmm. why you should keep your hand standards high. This is why you should be faithful and show up to work on time. Yeah. This is how you get a mentor. This yeah. is how you honor a mentor. Because what people don't realize is there was this beautiful intergenerational relationship between Ruth and Naomi. It wasn't just mother-in-law. Come on. It wasn't just friends. Right. It was a mentor. Right. Naomi told her, girl, you smell. Go take a shower, change your clothes. Yes. Go lay at his feet. Like, yes. We need to have those hard conversations. Sister, you can't have dry shampoo on day 15.
0: No, no, no. Like, no. Ashley flossed <laughs> your teeth.
1: You know? Like, we, let's Dirty do hair don't care
0: just is not working <laughs> for any of you. Like, you need to care.
1: I'm okay with yoga pants, but not
0: after 14 days. Like, no. Like, come on. Let, let's no. let's do this. Let's do Put this. Put some sir. hard pants on. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love what you said about the writing being, like, straightforward and simple I don't know if you felt this way from your first book to your second book I feel like in my books my writing has gotten more straightforward every time because I'm like I don't have time to wait we don't have time we don't have time what is this urgency that we feel Jess I don't know. But I'm like, we, this has to go out. This book yeah. has to go out. You have to hear what I'm going to say. i be very direct. And I do not want you to finish it and think like, mm, she's a good writer. I want you to finish it and think like, I got to go. <laughs> I got to be obedient. Like, I don't want you to think that it was a pretty sentence. I want you to think I'm the girl for the job. See, I want you to think writing See, clearly you are further me. along
1: the line because I still want it to be beautiful.
0: Okay, and I wanted to attention. ask you, when you said I, I, I want people to like it, real honest question. like, okay. Is it the reader? Is it like the contemporaries? Oh my gosh! Why are we
1: having this full-on realization moment? Okay, hold up. Because
0: I'll, I'll tell the you my God thing.
1: is in the room, and I just connected the dots right now. So hardcore. Yeah. So, whoa. Okay. So if I want this book to be just beautifully written and the sentences to string together, I have to ask pause and ask myself why. And you just ask me why, and I realize. Because I still view myself as the broken 12-year-old in the hood who couldn't read, write, or spell, and i right. was made fun of, and I want to prove to this invisible person, like, I can, but then I'm making it about me, and I thought, look at this book, it's so stripped down yep. and it's so simple, but it's not about me. It's right. really, literally about, okay, God, you've asked me to write this. And these, this, these are conversations that have happened over coffee. These are conversations right. that have happened one-on-one with mm. friends and girls and people in ministry or my own life that I now get to put pen to paper and write. And hopefully it feels practical enough that people can yes. feel like they could have a line, a sentence, a chapter to reference. Like there's this yes. index book that I have, and this is how I'm supposed to deal with breaking up with a friend. Right. So yeah. uh, That's in there? Yeah, that is. Come on. Yeah, breaking up with friends. Come on. Yeah. I know. I had to do that. Somebody part.
0: had to write that book. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to ask a weird question. We can cut it. Okay. Okay. Here's what I want to say. You are very well liked. I've never, I've never talked about anything like this on the podcast. Okay. This might be weird. You are very well liked though, amongst our contemporaries, authors and speakers and like ministry leaders love your guts, which I get because I, did you know this? No. Oh I- my gosh. You didn't. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm like sitting here,
1: I'm racking my brain and I don't know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you serious?
1: I'm like so alone. I'm like an outsider. Oh, no. I, I mean, I'm not like sad about it. I'm not like lonely. No. Like, I'm not crying. I'm just like, just like literally. So, oh, okay. So I was talking to Matt, my husband about this. Uh-huh. And I said, and it wasn't coming from a place of hurt or pain. Yeah. It's just coming from this whoa reality of like. I don't have a tribe. You know, people are like, hashtag yes. girl gang. I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, or, or even theologically because I grew up in a super conservative household in a super conservative camp where women didn't preach teacher right. Right. And like, not like women were, women were esteemed, but women yeah. were not empowered. So I feel like an outsider of that denomination. I felt like an outsider of that church. I feel like an outsider. And then there's all these like, girls that kind of run together and like, Amazing, But that's not me.
0: Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to like, yo, I'm going to do me. Okay. I'm going to tell you my real perspective. Because this is so, I've I've referenced this with multiple people, never on the podcast. I've referenced this with multiple people on the podcast about you. So, I want to like hand you a little bit of freedom. And I, I just want to, I want you to go back to what you just said in a second to say it again. But Anna and I have talked about it. So, I was actually with Angie Smith speaking at an event last fall. And she asked me this question. Do you remember? She said, like, who, is, who are your people? Like, who is your tribe? Like, who do you run with? She was like, you don't, like, run with the if girls. You don't run with the, like reformed crowd like you're you're not in like this crowd that crowd and i was like yeah i don't really have anybody <laughs> i was like i'm kind of a free agent and i was like and i'm down like i'm fine because like i've taken myself out of the running that's you know what you're the girl for the job is about like i, I know what i feel called to and i said you know sometimes i will have a minute of a pity party where i'm like why don't i get invited to x y and z And I think I genuinely referenced you because I said, a lot of times I wonder if it's because I'm a woman who preaches at my home church. And you know, there are whole crowds that are not down with that. And that it's like, that's not allowed. And I was, but I remember saying like, but they do like Bianca and I know she preaches at her church. And, but my perception of you is that you are so well liked that it like transcends all those lines. People just want to be around you. I just want to be around you. People just want to be around you. Wow. I'm telling you that, that is, I mean, I, I don't, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I think that is real, but I was gonna, I was gonna say, because some of y'all listening, like, right. Some of you might be like, what are y'all talking about? But this is the thing. There are tribes, there are like groups, there yeah. are people that, that get to run together and it's a blessing to sometimes be out of that and get to like pop into other places and encourage other places and, and be encouraged by lots of different tribes. And, and actually, and you are the girl for the job. I talk a lot about how like, I'm not really sure tribe is biblical, like, I mean, Jesus picked like a bunch of goofballs to run with. They weren't like shiny, tidy people who make him seem better. You know, he just, he picked like people who would help him do what God had called him to. So I have always sensed that you do have like a strong call towards obedience rather than approval.
1: 1000%. I think I've, I've just, I've never fit in. So why am I going to try to fit in for the cause of Christ?
0: I love that. And it's like (laughs) genuinely plays out, but in all of that, like screw you Satan because they really like you I love that you say that I think I'm just a little shook like we i it we talked like, about it that night in the airport I with remember. Angie Smith we were like but man everybody loves Bianca uh, yeah. <laughs> <did it> all <laughs> of our face. Like, we literally just yeah. sat there we were like everybody loves her wow. me too
1: I mean she's
0: like a unicorn the <laughs> other person who does that is Annie Downs Annie Downs can pop into any tribe and everybody loves Annie like you know everybody loves Annie you can't not like Annie but you can't not like Bianca either Oh, that's
1: funny. I feel you know what? I, you know, now that you're saying this, I think that there's like a grace in this season for sure. But I think a causal effect of that is because you can pop and you can sit at different tables in the cafeteria, you really don't have like a crew. You don't. And that's okay for me in this season. But sometimes for the sake of candor and honesty, sometimes it makes you feel like, is this how it's forever gonna be
0: okay well i'm gonna tell you something i also know about your life that i wonder if we can encourage each other about this because you do seem to have a crew they just don't do what you do oh for real okay and, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what no, i'm no, saying no. I, like, like best friends you got
1: besties i do you I have do from like, high school you do and yeah. also
0: even like the girls that you run with like how do you mean i feel like your assistants and your interns whatever oh, i'm a fan they're, fam. Like, they're yeah. on your team yeah yeah. And they aren't getting on stage with you, but they are going to, like, go with you to the grave. It seems and like. I want to... I mean, they have t-shirts with your face on it. That
1: was so awkward for people that I don't know. <laughs> that was... Uh, and you know what? It was the first stop of Book Tour when I see a girl on my team, I want Chelsea, who has my face on a shirt. And it was a joke. She, they printed it. it as a joke. Well, now they're printing it because I know. people are asking for it. I know. It. I want one. I'm so mortified, though. I mean, honestly, all those conservative people who, like, I'm sure you think love me really don't are like, this I, girl has a t-shirt on her face. I you're like, wrong. I think, you're, oh I think you're gosh. like, I want one, I want I, one. I it should stress, be Jesus on a, a t-shirt. I think they're you know? like,
0: I don't think I can listen to Beyonce, but I can get behind this corner. <laughs> like, those sweet little tiny women love it? Oh, uh, that's funny. No, so, yeah, so
1: um, there is this group of girls that, yeah, actually, now that you say that, I do, but they're the ones that I'm grooming for the f- future. Yeah. There is a mandate on my life, I have a goal, When we talk about legacy, it's been a big thing in my life. And this Mm -hmm. is the age that we start doing it, you know, 35, 36, 37, up to these are are the swing years that we have to start thinking about who we want to be because it's gonna take us 30 years to build a strong legacy. So it's now, right? And so I think that I am called to raise 20 world-changing, high-level male and female communicators to advance the gospel. (laughs) Like yes. literally. And you, I also know that that's gonna come in a sacrifice. Like for others to increase, I got to decrease. 100%. And I have to groom them. And so even wow. like our, 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 our teaching team that we're grooming, like we have this one girl, Chelsea, the one, mm-hmm. also same one who put my her, my face on her shirt and makes oh, me trust her gosh. more. Um, <laughs> but she's 22 years old. She was the very first person to speak at our church that was yeah. not Matt or I. I asked her to, I, I was gonna say maid, but because I'm loving and Christian, I'll say I asked. I asked her to do an outline and then I went over the outline, we discussed it. Then I asked her to beef up the outline, then we went over it together. Then I ha- asked her to manuscript it, and then we went over it together and made some tweaks. Then I asked her to record herself, have her listen to it, make some tweaks. Then I asked her to record it for me after all of these. Then I listen to it and I make sure, one, it's theologically sound, two, it has flow, there's narrative, I'm compelled, there's action items for me to like have practicals. And then I make everyone record their salvation invitation. Yeah. That's how detailed I am because I believe that like we're grooming the next generation of communicators. And if we don't get this right, we will have a lot of people pontificating over wonderful preaching
0: points that sound amazing, but don't change lives. Don't mean anything. And here's the thing. You're a hundred percent right. And there, there, we, again, we talk about this a little bit in you're the girl for the job because we say like, who are your people? Yeah. Everybody wants to pick people that make them feel good. But if we want to leave an impact, our people might be the people that we're inputting. Yeah. You know, that we're like giving them all we've got. And same, this is what we say all the time. I feel like God has called me to be a midwife of mission. I want to write books Mm -hmm. for sure. I want to grow this church and build this church with my husband for sure. But I want to be alongside women as they're laboring what God has put in them. And I want to be telling them like, you got this, you got this, you got this. I want to catch the like dirty birth juice on my face while I'm catching (laughs) their crazy babies and saying like, you got this, you got this, you got this. And those are going to be my people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It might not be gals that I like go shopping with all the time and we go to the beach. We might do things like sermon planning. Yeah. You know? Yes. That might be where we find our common ground. Yes. Oh, man. I love that, Bianca. That's so beautiful. Okay. Hey, how can women pray for you in the next month before this? Well, this is going to come out probably right after your book launches. So how can we pray for you as you're launching it, as you're birthing it?
1: Um, The number one prayer right now is that my kids love Jesus. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's my prayer.
1: I have two stepkids. I've been in their life since 3 and 5. They're now 13 and 15, and I just want them to love Jesus and know Him. And my fear is, the lie is, that my efforts and energy spent on building the Capital C Church and then also building the Father's House Orange County Church is that they'll get lost in the weeds, and I want them to know that they are a priority. They will not be a priority over Jesus. and. I dare I say, I don't know if there'll be a priority over the call of God over my life, Yeah. but darn it, they are right up there and I want people to pray and intercede for their faith yeah. and their realization of who God is. And then the second prayer is that God breathe on this book so it ends up in the hands of people outside of Christendom. Come on. If we can get this book into people's hands who otherwise would not read the Bible, but maybe we'll take a narrative that feels very real to them, that their lives will be changed through the Spirit of God speaking to them as they open up the book.
0: Yeah, let it be God. Okay, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is such a gift.